Our scripture reading for today is from the Old Testament, from the book of Numbers, chapter 27, verses 1 through 11. This is the story of Zelophehad's daughters asking for inheritance uh, of their father's lands. Hear these words of scripture. Then came daughters of Zelophehad, the son of Hefer, the son of Gilead, the son of Machir, the son of Manasseh, from the families of Manasseh, the son of Joseph. And these were the names of his daughters, Mala, Noah, Hagla, Milcha, and Tirzah. And they stood before Moses, before Eleazar the priest, and before the leaders and all the congregation, by the doorway of the tabernacle of meeting, saying, Our father died in the wilderness, but he was not in the company of those who gathered together against the Lord, in company with Korah, but he died in his own sin, and he had no sons. Why should the name of our father be removed from among his family, because he had no son? Give us a possession among our father's brothers. So Moses brought their case before the Lord. And the Lord spoke to Moses, saying, The daughters of Zelophehad speak what is right. You shall surely give them a possession of inheritance among their father's brothers, and cause the inheritance of their father to pass to them. And you shall speak to the children of Israel, saying, If a man dies and has no son, then you shall cause his inheritance to pass to his daughter. If he has no daughter, then you shall give his inheritance to his brothers. And if he has no brothers, then you shall give his inheritance to his father's brothers. And if his father has no brothers, then you shall give his inheritance to the relative closest to him in his family, and he shall possess it. And it shall be to the children of Israel a statute of judgment, just as the Lord commanded Moses. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. You know, if Matt's up here, there's probably going to be some fun names in the scripture. <laughs> so today we begin our new worship series entitled Faces of Our Faith. So often when we gather together, we talk about heroes of our faith, those well-known people in scripture that we admire and we wish to em emulate, like Moses and Jesus and Mary and Paul. But scripture is filled with all kinds of ordinary people. People who go about their day-to-day -day lives and then suddenly they are confronted with a situation in which they are called to act. So to begin this new year, 2024, we're going to reflect on six of these stories of regular folks who are often overlooked in our biblical narratives. We'll dig deep into their worlds and we'll enter their stories with curiosity, opened to what they might be teaching us. And so my hope for this series is that these people's stories will help us to see how God is calling each and every one of us to participate in God's story of redemption and grace. Let's pray. Oh God, may the words of my mouth the meditations of all our hearts be pleasing and joyful to you. You who is our rock and our redeemer. Amen. 
So today we start our series strong, and we encounter Zelophehad's five daughters, Mahala, Noah, Hogla, Milka, and Tirzah. These are not names that I have ever focused on before. In fact, it's this, th until this week, I didn't really know how to pronounce these names. I would just, when I would read them, you know, when I'm reading the Bible and you're just reading through and you don't really know how to say the names, you kind of breeze by them and you silently read, Is my, no, Noah, I know that one, and you just go on, right? Because you know what you mean in your head. But this story has so much to teach us about courage and family and working to advocate for justice. Zelophehad was part of the generation of Israel who left Egypt under Moses' leadership. And he died. He was part of that generation who, that died during those 40 years in the wilderness. And so his five daughters that we meet in today's scripture, they belong to this new generation that would enter and live in the promised land. And so in the chapter before this, we see that God decrees that the promised land is going to be portioned out. And each member of this second generation that's counted in the census is going to receive a portion of land. But only men are counted in the census. So Zelophehad's daughters will be left out of any inheritance. He had passed away, and so their father's name, their family's place within their tribe, it was all going to disappear because there was no way for it to continue. And that was the accepted law at the time. It was a culture that favored men and told women that they were to keep silent and they were to follow what the men said. So the expected response here in this case was for Zelophehad's daughters to stay close to their tents, to, to take care of their family and to remain out of sight. But his daughters don't do that. They dare to do something different. They stepped out from where society had placed them and they went out to advocate for their father's name and for their family's place, continued place in their tribe. So verses one and two of today's scripture, it says, the daughters of Zelophehad came forward. The names of the daughters were Mala, Noah, Hogla, Milka, and Tirzah. They stood before Moses, Eleazar the priests, the leaders, and the whole assembly at the entrance to the tent of meeting. So imagine this scene. The Israelite camp is, is formed in these, these tribes. Each has their own designated place, and then the tabernacle is in the middle. And in the center of that stand these main authority figures. All of them men. You have Moses, you have the priest, Eleazar, you have the leaders of the whole assembly. And in this imposing structure, these five sisters decide to claim their rights. And so together they come out of their tents. They weren't called by anyone. At that time, if a woman went somewhere, they had to be called into the community. And they went 
to this place where only the high-ranking men would congregate, to the place where the tablets of Sinai, the, you know, those Ten Commandment tablets, that's where they were, okay? In the, they were resting in the ark, and that's where the women go, to this place of holiness and authority, a place where women were not supposed to be. And so imagine, I just, I imagine the looks on the men's faces when these women come in, right? I'm the only one that finds this funny? Come on. Like, imagine, like, these five sisters come walking in, and all the men, they're probably chattering and doing whatever they were doing, right? And slowly, one by one, they start turning around, and they look in the entrance, and there's these women standing there, and they all stop talking. And it gets quieter and quieter, and they just look. And they're like, what is happening? Right? And not only do the five sisters come forward and they come into that space where they're not supposed to be, but they begin to speak with this determination. And they say, our father died in the wilderness. He was not among those, those of Korah's followers who banded together against the Lord. He died for his own sin. He died as a regular person following God. But he died and he left no sons. Why should our father's name disappear from his clan, they say, because he has no son. Give us property among our father's relatives. They argue that their father's name, their father's lineage shouldn't be cut off from the tribe simply because he didn't have a son, but they should be permitted to inherit his portion of land so that his family, his name can continue in their tribe. And apparently everyone is still in stunned silence, now more so than ever because these women are speaking in this place. And Moses pipes up. He's, the, he's uh, 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 let, let, let me talk to God. Okay, so Moses goes and he talks to God and he shares Zelophehad's daughter's proposal. And so God says, what these women, what Zelophehad's daughters are saying is right. You must certainly give them property as an inheritance among their father's relatives and give their father's inheritance to them. And then God goes to expand upon that request. And to, as if to say, you know, these women, they bring up a good point. So there are other ways to pass down a man's inheritance. When there's no sons, it should go to the daughters. And then if there's no daughters, it should follow in this line of, in this sequence of inheritance. So out of their love, for their father, their desire to have a place in God's promised land, these women, Mahala, Noah, Hogla, Milcha, and Tirza, they challenge the status quo. They come forward, they speak, they question, they even demand change. And because of that, they set this new precedent. God sets this new precedent for generations and generations to come. These women, the reason I keep saying their name is because they're named in scripture. And that doesn't happen often, that we see women 
named in scripture. And we see them here as an example of how speaking up, not simply remaining silent and taking what you're given, but how speaking up can really make a difference beyond anything we could ever imagine. In our contemplative service this morning, I asked the question, when is a time when you have been courageous like these women? But really, that's only part of the story. It's a significant part, but it also took Moses, this man in power, to listen and to open his heart and to use his power, his authority, to go to God and to advocate for change. So another question to go along with when women and been courageous, when have you been like Moses? When has been a time when you haven't personally experienced an injustice for yourself, but you've had an opportunity to use your own power and your own position to elevate the voice of someone who often goes unseen? Each time we come to the table for Holy Communion, we have an opportunity to pray a prayer of confession. And so I'd like to pray this prayer of confession together. And as we do so, I invite you to listen to these words as you say them. Don't just say them, but listen as you speak. Let us pray. Merciful God, we confess that we have not loved you with our whole heart. We have failed to be in church. We have not done your will. We have broken your law. We have rebelled against your love. We have not loved our neighbors. And we have not heard the cry of the needy. Forgive us, we pray. Free us for joyful obedience. Through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Notice that this is a prayer about how we are to be in community with one another. We have rebelled against your love, O oh God. We have not loved our neighbors. We've not heard the cry of the needy. Forgive us, we pray. We pray this knowing full well that each one of us has fallen short in these ways. It's part of the human condition. We have not advocated for justice or change when, when it's been just simply staring us in the face. We've ignored it because it's easier to do that sometimes. But then it goes on. Hear the good news. Christ died for us while we were yet sinners. That proves God's love toward us. In the name of Jesus Christ, you are forgiven. And join me in saying, in the name of Jesus Christ, you are forgiven. Glory to God. Amen. And then after we say these words, we pray together. Oh God, pour out your Holy Spirit on us gathered here on these gifts of bread and wine. Make them be for us the body and the blood of Christ, so that we might be for the world, the body of Christ redeemed by his blood. By your O God, make us one with Christ, one with each other, one in ministry to all the world, 
until Christ comes in final victory and we get to feast at his heavenly banquet. Through your Son, Jesus Christ, with the Holy Spirit in your holy church, all honor and glory is yours, almighty God, now and forever. Amen. So we come to this table to receive the power of the Holy Spirit. So that in those moments when we see an opportunity to advocate, when we see a moment where an injustice is happening, we don't just stand idly by because it's not just to just us. But we step out in courageous faith because the spirit of God is within us. We step out so that God's love and God's justice will be known throughout the world. That's what our faith is about, and that's what we're invited to participate in when we come and celebrate Holy Communion together. That's what we receive when we come to Christ's table. And in the United Methodist Church, this table is an open table. It's God's table so that all are welcome to come, each and every person, because it's about our own relationship with God and furthering that relationship through receiving God's love and forgiveness so that we can go out in the world and do that same thing again and again and again. So as I invite the welcome team to come and they are going to lead us up to the table, all are welcome to come and to celebrate online. You may celebrate with us the body of Christ given for you, the blood of Christ shed for you. And I invite the communion stewards to come forward and let us continue and receive this love that we come to Christ's table to receive.
Let us pray. Eternal God, we give you thanks for this holy mystery in which you have given yourself to us. May we feel your spirit strengthening us, empowering us, giving us that little nudge as we go into the world to speak for you, to claim your justice, to advocate for your people so that all might know of your love in this place and around the world. Amen. Now, as we prepare for a time of praying with one another, I would like to invite those online to share any prayers that you might have in the comments on Facebook or prayer at brexelumc.com and let us stand as we sing together.
eyes are on you, and it is well with me. Amen. You may be seated. We have a few prayers that have come in this morning. Um, Elizabeth asked for prayers for Lynn and Ted, who were in a serious car accident and sustained bad injuries, and prayers for their daughter, Christy, who is caring for them at home. And Renuka asked for prayers for her son, Rahul, to find a job in this new year. And Shelly asked for prayers for Colleen, who has colon cancer, for Kathy with pneumonia, and for prayers for Kathy G, who is getting over COVID. And Taylor asked for prayers of healing for Katie, and prayers for Nikki to for Nikki to find God, and continued prayers for uh, Taylor's grandma, who is dealing with some heart issues. And Emily asked for prayers for her father, who is having a heart procedure this week. And I'd like to ask for continued prayers for Judy as she is home, um, recovering um, and getting treatments for um, an infection. And with that, let us go to our Lord in prayer. Loving and caring God, we need this time together to remind ourselves that we are united as siblings in faith. And we need this time of worship to be comforted, to be strengthened in your presence. For in the world we hear of wars and rumors of more war. We read of persecution and oppression, and yet we know that you call us to be your advocates for change and for love in your world. So remind us again of your vision, that all might live in a world of peace and justice and love. A world where there is no more addiction or anxiety or hunger or fear, where cancer is eradicated and broken bones heal quickly and mental illness is no more. God, imprint this vision and this promise on our hearts so that we may live into this new world you are creating here and now. And we pray these things in the beautiful name of Jesus, as we pray the prayer that he taught his disciples. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory forever. Amen. The last thing that we do each Sunday is to remind ourselves that church does not end here. But the message and the work goes with us into the world, into our daily lives, as we continue that work of the church. And so here are some ways that you can continue that work of BUMC. 
One is uh, by returning our church Christmas Eve yard signs. If you had one of these yard signs um, for Chris inviting people for Christmas Eve, if you would be willing to return those um, here to the church, then we can use them next year and we can um, use our resources wisely. And then also we have many January studies that are beginning. Um, now we have our Praying in the Arts, which is at 9.30 each Sunday, and this is a Visio Divina with this uh, art that goes along with our scripture each week, and that is in the chapel at 9.30, and then we also have our podcast class that is up in room 301 each Sunday. Both of those are also on Zoom, so those who are not physically with us can also join us with those as well. And then on Wednesdays, we have the pastor's Bible study, and we are continuing and determined to finish the book of John this year. And so you can join us, and you can pop in and out. It's fine. We have fun, and we learn together, and it's great. Um, then also this week on Tuesday, you can come and you can um, make cookies for the USO with our Eve circle. Um, or you can just drop off some cookies if you're not able to be there that evening to make cookies. You can, and all of these will go to those who are traveling in the USO um, to give them thanks for serving. And then we also have, like Alan was talking about, we have these um, ministry team signups. This is not all the ministry teams. This is only lots of them. There's many more because there's all kinds of stuff to do and ways to help. And so um, you can check off here. You can talk to us, give us a call in the office, and we'll be happy to um, ask, learn or, or you can ask questions and all that stuff will help you. Um, you can take a look at the good news, the good news. I saw latest news and good word and it just combined. There's good news in the good word and you can listen, you can read that and then you can call us and ask questions and volunteer for things. Um, on Thursday is our first leadership board meeting. It's at 7.30 this Thursday, and um, you're welcome to come and to kind of get a feel for what it's about. And then we'll also have um, a town hall um, in, the, in the coming month to come, and that'll be an opportunity to come and to ask questions and to learn more about the new structure and envisioning and anything that we talk about. And then also on um, the 13th, next Saturday, we have Bike Fix-It from 9 to noon. And so that's a great way to be hands-on and to be um, getting the spokes to folks, getting the bikes to people, whether you want to clean them up or you want to fix them or whatever. I was getting distracted because there's people in the back that are making faces at babies, and it's adorable, and I get distracted when there's babies around. So... I'm going to do the benediction so that we can go and do God's good work and we can greet the babies, okay? <laughs> May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious unto you. May the Lord lift up his countenance upon you and grant you peace. Go in peace and not in pieces. Amen. Let us stand and sing. Wonderful you 
all. I hope you have a wonderful week.